Why is it that there are individuals who seem to live a charmed life when it comes to their career? Yes, they do put in the work. They are dedicated and driven. But there is this additional X factor that propels them forward, powering their career to greater heights. I believe the X factor is emotional intelligence. Hi, my name is Mucha Mulingo. I am an emotional intelligence coach. Welcome to the EQ at Work podcast, a platform where I will share how you can leverage emotional intelligence to power up your career and achieve professional success. EQ at Work podcast with Mucha Mulingo, episode number four, Unconscious Patterns. I was having a conversation with a friend this past week and it struck me yet again how I am a mix of two worlds. In some ways, I am so African. I get how a mother can give her child a look. Although, to be fair, I think that that look doesn't work so well with our children nowadays, but that's a story for another day. And yet in other ways, I am so British. My parents moved back to Zimbabwe in the early 1980s after Zimbabwe gained independence. And so I spent my formative years growing up in Zim and that shaped the person that I am to some extent. I went to junior school and high school in Zimbabwe. I moved back to the UK for school when I was 15 and spent the next 18 or so years growing into my skin before my husband and I relocated to Kenya about 12 years ago. And so I am, as a result, a combination of these different worlds. And it hasn't always been easy being this inward jumble of cultures and contexts. Oftentimes, I didn't feel African enough. And yet at the same time, I wasn't British enough either. But over time, I have learned to embrace who I am and pick out what I love most about each culture and create my own hybrid, a combination of these two worlds. As I reflected on my past and we joked about what my friends call my Britishness, I started thinking about the intersection between emotional intelligence and upbringing, culture and socialization. A lot of who we are unconsciously impacts the choices that we make. It never ceases to amaze me how the very things that my mother did that drove me crazy as a child are the very things I find myself doing with my children. Why is that? Emotions are chemicals released in our brains in response to our perceptions about the world. Those perceptions were shaped as a result of my life journey. A little DNA, a dash of upbringing, a smattering of socialization and a cup of life experiences all combining to create my default, a default that in some cases I have had to unlearn. The reality is that the brain is somehow lazy or 
perhaps it's, it's more a case of uh, working smart than laziness. The brain utilizes existing neural pathways to conserve energy and minimize wastage. If you think about a path in a forest, there is that well-worn path, the one that is more visible and easier to use. And there is that off-the-beaten-path kind of path, the one where you know not many people have walked. And so the brain chooses that well-worn path, that default response, because that's easier and that conserves energy. The idea is to minimize wastage. My mom always used to tell us a story of how she was going for a meeting with her boss. They had worked together for quite a while and had a pretty good relationship. On this particular occasion, they decided to use her car and so she drove. Mom says as she drove, they talk. She doesn't really say what they were talking about. Perhaps they were preparing for the meeting or they were discussing their families. Who knows? Anyway, they were talking. And um, after about 15 minutes, my mom realizes that she's parked outside our gate. And so she looks at her boss and asks, why didn't you tell me I was going the wrong way? And her boss who knew where we lived and obviously had realized that she was driving in a different direction to the meeting, um, said to her, I thought maybe you needed to pick up something from your home. Autopilot. When appropriate, it conserves energy, allowing us to do things without much thought. But these patterns can also inhibit optimal performance because they're a generalized response rather than a response to the actual situation at hand. On autopilot, we do what we have always done. We use the path that is most traveled. We react the way we have always reacted. And yet this may not always be the most appropriate response. Some of what I've learned about emotional intelligence has been counterintuitive, going against the grain of my default, the wiring that can cause me to react unconsciously to external stimuli. Here are three of my greatest EQ lessons, lessons that are shaping the person that I am becoming. Emotions are data. I remember very clearly when I first heard this statement, emotions are data. This means that there is no positive or negative. There is no good or bad emotions, just data. It's insight. Data itself is never wrong or biased. It's neutral. Bias arises in how we collect the data and more importantly, how we interpret it. It's not wrong to feel angry. But the why could be inaccurate. And what we do with this emotional information could be negative. But emotions themselves are insight. They are a spotlight drawing our attention. And this information should be treated with curiosity, not judgment. However uncomfortable or overwhelming the emotions themselves may be. As a matter of fact, one of the ways to develop greater self-awareness is to treat your emotions as an ally and peel back the layers to identify what this information is trying to tell you. 
emotions are data. And the idea is we should peel back the layers to understand what this insight is trying to tell us. Emotions are information from yourself to yourself. And yet so often the default, definitely in my case, is to push back, to push them away, to deal with them another day. Throughout this season of COVID, I have felt all kinds of emotions from the high highs of excitement as we've developed and launched new products at PTS to the lows where I felt so overwhelmed by the magnitude of what I needed to do to keep my business afloat and just wanted to cover myself with the blankets and spend the day in bed. It's one thing to teach others about emotional intelligence. It's quite another to ride this roller coaster we've all been on over the last six months and actually put in practice what I have been teaching for the last four or five years. This idea that emotions are data is powerful at work. On a daily basis, you will find yourself influenced or impacted in some way, shape or form by your emotions. It could be that colleague who isn't pulling their weight on a group project or a boss whose emails somehow just push your buttons. Whatever you're feeling, it is important. And the good news is that this emotional data doesn't have to determine your response. Rather, the insight helps you to figure out what's going on, what's really going on. And then you can decide your response. This takes me nicely to the second lesson that I have learned. I have the power to choose. Many people think about their emotions as something that just happens to them instead of something that they can control themselves. They drift through life reacting to the actions of others instead of taking steps on their own behalf. A key part of being emotionally intelligent is intentionality, doing what you mean to do. Building self-management allows you to consciously direct your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, rather than just reacting. Emotions do not have to hold you hostage. Viktor Frankl puts it this way, between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Instead of the patterns of fight, flight, and freeze, that default that has become built in as a result of our life journeys, we can choose to respond intentionally. We can pause, evaluate, and redirect. We can weigh up different options after looking at the risks, benefits, and opportunities, and ultimately choose that which is aligned to our purpose. A big part of choosing is taking that pause to consider what it is that we really want. The Bible puts it another way in Psalms chapter 4 verse 4. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Anger then is not sin. The sin is acting out on the anger. 
When faced with a challenging situation at work or a decision that has you stuck, remind yourself that you are responsible and you have options. The amazing thing about the way the brain is wired is that the minute you tell yourself you have no options, the brain ceases to see options. But when you tell yourself that you have options, the brain opens up to possibilities. Whilst you can't determine what life throws your way, you can determine how you react. Ask yourself, how do I move forward? How do I get the best possible outcome? How do I make choices today that are aligned with my ultimate purpose? You might find that you are able to change the situation itself, or if not, at least to alter the way you feel about the situation. Remember though, there are always options and you have the power to make that choice. Choosing to give up your own choices isn't the best course of action because it results in you reacting to what's going on around you, reacting to the external stimuli at work. And successful individuals take power into their own hands and understand that life is about making choices regardless of how you may feel. The last lesson that I have learned is the idea that my why drives my how. We pay a lot of attention to the how, but your reason for wanting to do something is far more important than your understanding of how to do it. Emotions drive behavior, which means that when the why is compelling, you will always find the how. Having a purpose makes you purposeful with every move you make. Your why is your fuel. I am by nature a doer. I am very driven and I have always focused on the how. Once I have a goal in my sights, that is what tends to drive me. That is my default setting. But doing without a clear why is not sustainable. And I have learned that it can lead to burnout. My EQ journey has taught me that the true secret to sustainable success can be summed up with this little word, why. At work, your why is your source of intrinsic motivation. It is the one constant that will guide you to fulfillment in your career and enable you to achieve your goals. So what is your why? Is your why something that is clear to you? The clearer your why is, the more clarity you have and the easier it becomes to make choices on a daily basis that are ultimately aligned to your overall purpose. Emotions are data. I have the power to choose. My why drives my how. These are three lessons that have fueled my EQ journey and they have been particularly helpful during this season of COVID. I know I've said it before, but emotional intelligence really is no longer a nice to have. It is an essential skill for your success at work. According to Six Seconds, 
Emotional intelligence is the capacity to blend thinking and feeling to make optimal decisions. It is about being more aware, noticing what you do, being more intentional, doing what you mean to do, and being more purposeful, doing it for a reason. At the core, emotional intelligence is something to be. By being more emotionally intelligent, smarter with your feelings, you will more accurately recognize emotions in yourself and others. And this data, this insight will help you to make decisions and craft effective solutions to the challenges, the life puzzles that you face each day at work. Successful individuals really understand the importance of emotional intelligence. And I believe that it will be the difference between sustainable success in your career and finding yourself floating aimlessly. You have been listening to the EQ at Work podcast with me, Mucha Mulingo. Tune in every Monday as I share EQ tips and insights that will help you to power up your career with emotional intelligence, the soft skill that drives professional success. This podcast is for professionals who are keen to leverage the learnable skill of emotional intelligence to increase impact and effectiveness and to build and strengthen professional relationships to maximize influence at work.